0: Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First.
1: And I'm your co-host, Linda.
0: Now, before we get into what we wanted to chat about, I actually wanted to shout out to all of the listeners that I saw out on Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday night. I was at the Bot, which I never go to the Bot. Um, Apparently quite a few of our listeners hang out there.
1: So the Bot's still going. I mean, I used to go to the Bot.
0: Yeah, we were like full dancing. We were like fully dancing in the bar area. And I met, there was one group in particular of single girls that I was chatting to and we just, yeah, it was really, really fun. So shout out to everyone who I saw at the Bot because I never go out. (laughs) I never go out anymore. So I was like out on the town. Uh, Now, today, mum, I wanted to ask you, I had requested, because I thought it was really relevant to this podcast, I wanted you to watch Sex, Love and Goop. So, I'm not that into
1: Goop. Mm, It's had a few issues.
0: Yeah, but... I saw this article in The New Yorker and it said, The Splendid Uncoolness of Sex, Love and Goop. And it said, Gwyneth Paltrow's new Netflix series, which follows couples who are struggling with sexual dysfunction, is unexpectedly real and genuinely moving. And I... I'd seen the first few episodes and I totally agree with that. It was really, really genuinely moving. I loved it. There's a couple of reasons I was really keen to watch it. Firstly, Michaela Bowen, I think her you pronounce her name. So she's the intimacy coach. I'm reading her book at the moment. I've I've almost finished it oh. and I love her. The book is it's called The Wild Woman's Way. It's really good. Don't yes. think you'd like it, Linda. No. It's it says unlock your full potential for pleasure, power, and fulfillment. You don't really know much about masculine feminine energy, do you? <laughs> um well, I
1: might just no. No.
0: So masculine energy, most people that go to work are in masculine energy and they're like goal-oriented and they're really like striving and so. I'm actually going to look it up. It's actually really interesting. It's not the it's not what gender, it's not gender, it's energy. Mm. So masculine energy is logical, direct, conquering, feminine energy is creative, fluid, nurturing, gentle. So like what Michaela says in this book is you need to have sexual polarity. <laughs> anyway, Go read the book because she says that we're all in our masculine energy and so like – I was going
1: to say we – don't we have a bit of both? No. Yeah,
0: everyone has both. And you can like go into – so someone had messaged me saying that in Thailand the reason I feel so good is because I'm in feminine energy whereas when you're like working and you're like goal-oriented, you're in masculine energy and that's why I attract – like I feel like I attract more guys that I'm interested in when I'm in Thailand because they're masculine energy and I'm feminine energy. And it's like the opposites attract like a magnet. Does that make sense?
1: Okay. Sort of. Yes. Well, well you, you told me to just give one episode a go okay. and I was so uncomfortable <laughs> all the way through that particular one. But I agree, the coaches were amazing. But So
0: Miss Jai is the other one? What, <laughs> Miss.
1: J- what, yes. Watching the couples together in the first step was pretty awkward, but I pushed through for the potty. Yep. And so yesterday I skipped to episode three because I wanted to watch Joey and Mike because they're in their 60s. Yes. Oh, my
0: God. I loved them. Yes. Mm, With
1: mismatched sexual desire. Yes. (laughs) And but they've only been together 12 years. And he said he likes to start the day with a bang. I know. Every day. Hello. Did you just quickly, did you think they looked a bit older? Because I think they were your age. No, no. He was 66. So he was really, you know, going for it. And But Joey says, in the morning, I'm tired. And I thought, how can you be tired when you just wake up? Maybe that's an excuse. So he compares sex to brushing his teeth. Oh, my God, she she picked a winner. And then their coach got them to get on the floor. Maybe that's the girl you're talking about. And do animal crawls, purring and growling, Mm. and they start smelling each other. And then Joey lies down and relaxes, and Mike starts massaging her feet and moves up her body. (laughs) And then he realises he needs to get her to relax and take it slow. And then he says, yes, this is a prelude to hot sex. Oh, my God, poor Joey is all I could Uh, think.
0: (laughs) I thought it was – I thought that was so – I loved that. Yeah, they were good. So Miss Jaya was the one that did the erotic blueprints so so just go and watch the show and then I would look up erotic blue. Oh, God,
1: I've watched three. Okay.
0: <laughs> so for people listening, if you haven't watched it yet, it's so interesting because like Miss Jaya, I knew her before as well. Ruby had actually got me on to her. So she has erotic blueprints. And the reason they brought this up in the show was that, some couples and the couple that she was working with had different erotic blueprints. Mm. Do you remember the
1: couple? That's in episode one, I think.
0: Yeah. So yes. it's so
1: interesting.
0: Yeah, I really loved it. So you got through three episodes. I thought the older couple was really <laughs> sweet. No,
1: that was funny. I like the vulva Puppet. I actually the thought vulva. that was super informative. <laughs> and Chandra and Camille, I kept crying. I thought oh. they were the most gorgeous. Oh, couple. weren't
0: they? Yeah, agree. They were really cute. And
1: even the sexal body work for those that don't know that's hands-on work with a therapist yes no I was expecting the words but actually the way they did it was very tasteful and yeah not too squeamish
0: also the parts about it that I liked as well was they talked about like body there was body image issues yes that
1: was brilliant and
0: Joey I think she had to stand in front of the mirror naked I thought yeah
1: yep, amazing yeah You know, kudos to those people for uh, doing it, seriously. But after all of that, I went online. Gwyneth Paltrow is so clever. She has a sex, love and goop shop, you know, on her goop site. Yes. So I took a little browse. Okay. And here's a few (laughs) items I found. There is a play paddle, $144. (laughs) I mean, I thought, just go get a big wooden spatula from the kitchen. (laughs) Second, this smells like my vagina candle. Yeah,
0: I know. $75. That's a
1: must for the Chrissy stocking for Rob.
0: Yeah. Yep.
1: Uh V vision between legs mirror, $64. So I've got a $20 magnifying mirror by the bed that gets rogue hairs out of my chin. I think that will do the job just as well. Yeah, I don't think you need a special mirror and for that. Slipped in amongst all the vibrators, candles, oils and toys is a baguette diamond ring, $3,500. I will take that. Thank you. Nice. Nice yeah no she's um
0: she is she's all clever over. she's very clever anyway very. that is our recommendation for this week sex love and group. we both loved it. thanks, Linda for doing it. I hope you learned
1: something I did actually
0: all right well, today I am chatting to psych with socks and we're chatting about being alone is the topic today, so we'll be back later Linda I'm very excited to be joined by Nancy Sakano. She's also known as PsychWithSocks on Instagram, and her website is psychwithsocks.com. Nancy's a registered psychologist, and she's joining me today to talk about loneliness and being alone, one of my favorite
2: topics. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I am really liking this weekly event on a podcast. (laughs) So you're doing a lot of podcasts at the moment. Yeah, and it it seems to be a trend, which is really cool because I love the mode of being able to listen to information and and Mm -hmm. go about your day, but also be productive, which is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, well, the reason I chose this topic was I was on your website looking at quite you've done quite a few articles where you've been interviewed about being alone and loneliness. And so how has the pandemic changed our relationship with
2: being alone? You know, for me, when I've spoken to clients throughout the Sydney lockdown, loneliness was really, really a a hot topic for a lot of people. And I think that for some, it was really daunting to be alone because we use distraction and busyness to try and avoid the things that we so easily suppress time and time again. Mm-hmm. And it got to a point where, you know, mm-hmm. you were really, really with your mind and, and able to delve deep into what's been stored away for such a long time. So for, for some people, that was really overwhelming and really daunting to have to come to terms with. And for other people who live a really, you know, hectic life, it allowed them to kind of slow down and and take some time to reevaluate what was going on in their lives, how much energy that they were expending into things that they probably didn't need to be doing so often. And yeah, reevaluation was for me as well, that was a massive thing. Although I did work throughout the lockdown, it slowed my pace, which was very, very nice. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I think that's interesting that you say there was probably multiple different experiences. I had the experience of, I think, to begin with, it was super hard because I'm like extroverted Mm -hmm. and used to going to the office and used to being busy all the time. But it took maybe six months and then I was like reevaluated everything in my life and made some really big changes. And then I've come out the other side even better. Oh, awesome. For me, it wasn't a bad thing. It was just tough. Like, I think it was tough. I wanted to read you this thing that a follower sent me because I just as soon as I read this, I was like, oh, my God, I totally agree. It was he said, one of the positives of lockdown was we were put in a meditative state where we got time to think and decide which way we want to grow. Do you think that people have emerged from lockdowns with new ideas on life?
2: Honestly, it's. I see a very a very niche part of people's lives and and I'm in the behind the scenes yeah. and it wasn't as pretty as that mm. for a lot of people and and yeah. I know that in essence being forced to be stagnant and being forced to take the time to reevaluate and go okay I'm going to come out the other side doing something completely new or reevaluating the things that I was previously doing or adapting to a new way of life. But for a lot of people, if we paired it with, Oh my God, there's a global pandemic at play. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were health anxious. A lot of people were out of a job. A lot of people were living in situations at home that were really tumultuous. There was so much going on that I think, a large portion of this meditative uh, meditative state, my apologies, was more so for people who had things going, quote, unquote, right for them yeah, prior to the pandemic and the lockdown occurring. So I'm in two minds about that because, yeah, I, I do see a very specific side of life.
0: There's probably a real, like, mix of, of how people... Most definitely. I guess... Particularly for the listeners, probably like we're all. I, I think when I think of single people and people that don't have a lot of responsibilities and maybe don't have the same financial responsibilities as families, yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah. A lot of us and a lot of the women that I've spoken to, it's like really we've reevaluated, you know, the direction of our lives. You would probably see. Some people that were going through really... I was in therapy for the whole time. We love
1: that. (laughs) My therapist would be like she had the worst year
0: ever, like the first year of the pandemic, and then the second year I've been, like, really happy. Okay. Even during the lockdowns. I'm so
2: glad. I'm so glad that, you know, for so many people... Adapting was a little bit easier because we had already done it the first time around and it was like, okay, I know what works. I know what doesn't work. I know that I don't necessarily need to stress myself out about X, Y, Z whilst in Mm. a pandemic. So, yeah, for some people, definitely responsibility was shifted. Like I'm going to go for 10 walks a day and I'm going to see every single friend Mm. within my five-kilometer radius and I'm going to make sure that I, Mm. you know, bake more and cook more.
0: You become very used to having a very small life. Do you think people are struggling to come? I am so not wanting to see people. Like are people struggling to come back to normal life?
2: For sure. I think like, you know, if you think about waking up in the morning going to get a coffee going um for a walk coming home setting up your home office for example and just cruising throughout the day and now it's like hey do you want to catch up for the 75 events that Mm. we missed in the last six months and it's like oh not really yeah like it's it's just overwhelming even for extroverts like i'm extremely extroverted and i uh, i could see five friends a week and even now so i'm like do I really want to go out on the weekend? Not not necessarily. I'm the same. You know, so yeah. I was on the back of a lot of my single clients being like, jump on a dating app during lockdown and just go ham. Like social experiment that shit. You don't even have to go anywhere. Wait, you could did, just you be give, like, did you give this advice? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because I, I did like,
0: that. Yeah. I did that. I went nuts. I dated more in lockdowns <laughs> than I ever
2: have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm like... What other time do you have this whole pass of being like, hey, wanna have a FaceTime date? And literally yep. five minutes in being like, oh, my mum's calling me, gotta go. Like, you don't have to literally invest in five dates where you have to go to a coffee and a picnic yeah. and a this thing and a that thing. You could literally meet 10 people in one week, swipe, 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 swipe. And then be like, oh, hey, do you want to have a FaceTime date, you know, tonight and have a coffee together or whatever it is. And then you might not be feeling it and be like, okay, thanks so much for your time. Bye. And I was like, why don't you use that to your advantage? Like I love that you call it a social experiment. (laughs) It so was because I did the
0: same thing and it really changed the way that I dated because it was a completely different way
2: of dating. Right. You got to invest what you wanted and there wasn't this huge expectation of like showing up and having to like, cringe your way through a five hour date when you're like, yep. oh my God, I just want to get out of here. Like, I, don't, you know, or it was so easy that like everyone was so chill in their PJs. There was no expectation to like be doled up or whatever. Yeah. And I, I said to all the, the guys and girls that I've been working with who are like, I don't want to go on dating apps, Nancy. I want to meet people organically. And I'm like, <gasps> it's 2021. Not, yeah. There is no organic.
0: Yeah, totally. Uh, I know? love that advice. Yeah. So, you've previously said, which is what I really want to talk about today, being alone also often allows you to make better decisions because you aren't persuaded by outside influence. So, this is really relevant not just to the pandemic, but just generally being alone. Yep. Can you explain why?
2: Yeah. So, I think that when we struggle with decision making slash self trust, we really do reach for others' opinions and to validate what we're thinking so that we have this like confirmation that we're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And so when we're forced to be alone, we really have to take all the information that we do have, collate it, and then really evaluate what that information pieces together like and then make a decision Hopefully, solely based on what it is that we value about our decisions, or what is it that I want to be a part of my life rather than, oh, my best friend said that I should be doing XYZ, or, you know, 10 of my friends are currently doing this, this, and this. So I should be doing this, this, and this. And it's like, well, not really, because everyone's life is so individual, so specific to what you value. A lot of the time I say to my clients, You live your life on your blueprint, Mm. right? So your blueprint's rolled out. And every time you experience anything, you interact, you engage, you think, you behave, you like, emote, little parts of your blueprint are then etched in. Mm. So you're looking at your life from your blueprint. Mm. I'm looking at my life from my blueprint. We shouldn't compare blueprints, right? So I said that quote somewhere in some media article Mm -hmm. that I can't remember that by allowing yourself to be alone and to evaluate what it is solely that you care about Mm. despite anyone's opinions despite searching for validation or reassurance on that idea or that thought or that decision is going to ultimately align you with the things that you value in your life
0: Mm.
2: and I think also does
0: does because I think you're so right that like I compare myself to like I'm single and I don't have kids, I have frozen my eggs, but I want to go travelling and I then compare myself to most of my 33-year-old friends who are settled down, living with partners, looking to have babies. That just feels so wrong to me right now. Cool. But if I like speak to everyone and I'm like what should I be doing with my life, you're so right, I'd be probably going down a path that actually isn't quite right for me right now.
2: Exactly. And and I, maybe like two years ago, did a video called In Your Own Time. Mm. And I know that a lot of people come to me and stress about the timeline, mm. right? The one that society has constructed for us. By this age, you need to have an investment property, then you need to get married, then you need to have babies, then you have to have a career developed, then you have to buy a house, then you should have traveled Europe, then you should... Da, 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 da. Yeah. And it's like, if People are not literally ticking the milestone. There is this huge anxiety around, oh, my God, I'm missing out. Oh, my God, I'm falling behind. Oh, my Mm. God, what should I be doing? There's such discord. And I always say to clients, like, for example, I come from a Middle Eastern background. I'm a brown girl. (sighs) So getting married and having babies is, like, top tier, right, like Mm. life goals, quote,
1: unquote.
2: Not for me. So – Essentially what I did was I went to uni and like for me and, and my family education is so, so huge. And so it's like education above all, and then make sure you get married and have babies. So <laughs> I studied psychology and then I saved up all this money and my mom was like, perfect time for an investment property. I was like, perfect time for Europe and America. Okay, great. Yeah. So I spent all my money on a Europe and slash America trip, put my university on hold for a year, came back with zero dollars. And I was like, start again. Then I went and spent it on travel again and and so on and so forth. And then, you know, I, I got to a place where I was 27 by the time I became fully registered as a psychologist. Right. So I wasn't, I wasn't in a full-time salary until that point. Mm-hmm. And so I was working casual jobs and I was working for my family and I was, you know, studying all at the same time and people were getting engaged and people were buying properties. And I was like, I'm going to make an ass. Mm. So it was so different. Just like yourself, it did not follow the trend of what the timeline supposedly should look like. Yeah. And when I turned 30 this year, the same thing occurred. It was like, oh, you're 30 and you're not married and you don't have babies and you don't have a property. And I was like, no, but I am living my best life and my business is booming and I've traveled to every single place that I've ever wanted to. And I've bought myself what I want and I, I just feel really good in it. Mm. And that works for me. Yeah. Right. But oh, I love my- to hear this. <laughs> yeah. This <laughs> yeah. is really nice to hear. And I, I, it's interesting that you, um, you froze your eggs. I'm like, yes, man. Yeah. Like, why am I going to tell my body clock? Hey, you conduct my life for me. Um, no. Take a seat, body
0: clock. I felt like that was the one thing I had no control over and it was stress that was stressing me out. Not that I had didn't have kids because I don't want them right now, but like it was stressing me out, and now there's just like the biggest weight off my shoulders. Right.
2: Because now you're back
0: in, in, in control. The driver's seat. Yeah. 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 It's interesting you say all that because I said to my mum, my mum does the intro outro of this podcast. So she'll listen to this and have some thoughts. But I said to her the other day, I was like, I started sort of was dating someone and it was kind of moving into, you know, like hanging out at home and whatever. And do you know what I mean? It gets to that point where you're not going out anymore. You're like, and I was like, I just want to be alone right now. And it's because I'm so conditioned to be like, you should be searching for someone to complete your life. I, I, just go along with it. And I actually had this realization. I was like, I just want to be alone Mm -hmm. right now. I want to go traveling and I want to go have adventures after the pandemic. Do you think that some people do prefer to be single and alone as opposed to like searching for that person to complete them or
2: like searching for a partner? I always say to my clients, I want you to find a partner that complements you, Mm. not completes you. Yeah. So you want to be a whole ass person. Like you want to do every single thing in your life as aligned by you. Mm. And on the other side, that person should be doing everything that aligns by them. And then you come together and you look at, each of you as an individual and go, do we complement each other's lives, Yeah. right? When we're out here searching for the other half, essentially what we're saying is I'm only half a person and I need someone to then feel the other side, which is why people become... So complacent, and then they change their identity or their, you know, their interests, and they don't do the things that they want to do because what if my partner doesn't like that, and so, so on and so forth. So, I do think that if you don't feel as though you're ready to meld your life into someone else's, cool, be single, do the things that you want to do that are literally only because you want to do them. I've gotten to a place now, I've been with my partner for for quite some time, where I'm like, oh, so I'm going to go to Paris and Dubai for Christmas and New Year's. And he's like, amazing, have the best time. Yeah. Like, there's not this like, oh my God, I I can't leave or I can't go because I'm in a relationship. It's like, find someone that lets you be you in every facet of your life, right? I love that. So until then... Be single until then, go and travel and and go and live in another city and do random work and do whatever it is that is right by you at that time, and then mm. in six months' time, reevaluate what that looks like for you and so on and so forth.
0: I think for me, it's like if it comes along, I'm open to it cool but like I'm okay if it doesn't also come along right in this moment, but I do feel like until probably the last Yeah, it was very much like, why hasn't this happened yet? And it was like a negative Mm. negative mindset around it yeah
2: okay but even more so like let's say you you go and travel and do all the amazing things that you want to do post pandemic and you meet someone mm. I never want you to be like okay now I've got to give up all these things that I had previously wanted to do yeah because I've met someone definitely still think that yeah I still no. think that I'm
0: like because I stay up really late like I work really late into the night and I, I in my head I'm like I don't want someone telling me what what time I should and shouldn't go to bed because that comes up on dates quite a bit they're like sorry what time do you go to bed and I'm like um three and they're like, oh, no. are you judging me about 3am oh, yes <laughs>
2: And I'm, I'm purely <laughs> talking psychological. I'm, I'm like,
0: uh, I'm like go a busy girl. I'm, I'm, no, I'm a night owl. Okay. I've made my, like, work really flexible so that I can wake when yeah. I want and go to bed when I want. And yeah. I don't want anyone messing with that. <laughs> right.
2: Um, you sound a little bit avoidant, Hannah. <laughs>
0: I'm trying not to be. I've done so much work on this. Seriously, <laughs> I'm, I I know that I used to be avoidant, but I'm moving out of that. Um, moving on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I kind of feel
0: for like that. No, I completely agree with you.
2: I find yeah. it really hard. No, I definitely to would gi- agree to with give you. up the things that you uh, are yeah, yeah very cemented in in doing as a part of your life.
0: Yeah, but 100%. yeah, that's the
2: thing. Like you have to come to a place where you're able to reconsider what it is that I'm I'm okay with here and then I'm going to go and adapt into another transition of my life. You've got mm-hmm. to be really ready for that transition. Yeah. You can't just go from something that's so cemented to then being like, okay, I'm going to throw it all away because I've met this person. That's where resentment comes from, right? Like yeah. I don't want to do the mediocre thing. My life doesn't run that way. My life runs like this. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, I mean, definitely for you, you want to get to a place where you can step back and be like, I've made the decision to consider that the way that I run my life is not going to coincide with someone else.
0: Mm. So for people listening that are, that, I'd say there's quite a few people listening like me that are very set in their ways and like mm. very probably... I'm like pretty rigid on like this is how I want to live my life Mm -hmm. but I also for me it's like these are my values I'd like to meet someone that are aligned with those values what would you say to people that want to meet because I think there's compromise is really important when you um, are meeting a partner what would you say to them if they're like very like stuck in their routine and they don't want to compromise for someone else?
2: Well, that's the thing. If you're about to step into a relationship, you have to know that there needs to be compromise. If you think about Mm. a relationship in any dynamic, right? Let's say you're in a business relationship, even even so. Mm. And take out the romantic element completely. You're going into this relationship Mm 50-50. So you've got to put in as much time as the other person. You've got to put in as much energy, as much money, as much dedication. So think of... That as a partnership, but then, you know, add the romantic element, you can't just go from 100% my way and then hope that you are going to find someone and it's going to stick because it's not. Mm-hmm. We don't want to completely invalidate everything that we're doing because that that's not healthy either. But we do have to come to a place where I can make compromises that do not cross my boundaries, do not waver from the things that are important to me in my life but look at what it is I am capable of tweaking or changing altogether but really respect the boundaries of your life as well. Because I've seen so many people who are very rigid, very set in their ways. Mm. It works for them. They're, they're feeling really fulfilled and satisfied in their life. And then they meet someone and they completely scrap all of that because they're like, oh my God, I found someone. But they, they do things so differently to me, but I really want to be with them. So I'm going to meld into their life. And then that's there's so much discord there as well. So finding a healthy medium where you're very... I guess, trusting in the things that you want. Again, That's a lot of discovery about your values and what's important on an individual level, which is why everyone should go and do the work on their own prior to going into relationship, because it helps you have a really clean mindset, very cemented value system. So you don't get swept away in that.
0: Yeah. Are there any other benefits Of being alone? like, Are there benefits of doing things outside of your comfort zone alone? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah. So the more we do that's outside of our comfort zone, the better we adapt to them, the better we transition. And I I say to my clients, predictability is in the absence of anxiousness. So the more predictable and structured and routine your life, the less anxious you are. But you're also missing out on the things that might bring you joy and adrenaline and fill your cup up Mm. just because you're trying to avoid anxiousness. So being out of your comfort zone means you desensitize the response each and every time, which is when we, you know, when you expose yourself one time, let's say it's a 10 out of 10 response. Then you do it again, you're at a five, then you do it again, then you're at a two. And it actually becomes something you really enjoy just because there's, there's fear around doing it, like, for example, traveling on your own. It's like, where am I going to go? Who am I going to talk to? Where am I going to stay? Do I have to you know, navigate each and every day on my own? But then you do it one time and you're like, oh, my God, I met all these people. I experienced all these things and I became this social butterfly that I never thought I would be. And I adapted to a new culture and a new language. And I did all these things that never in a million years would I have perceived myself to be like. It's like, well, if we don't step out of our comfort zone and we don't make ourselves a little bit scared to explore this other part of us, then we've missed out. Mm.
0: And um, because we've spoken a lot about being alone. Like, I guess for me, I know that when I like, I'm like really happy and fulfilled and then sort of creeps into you might start to feel a bit lonely and that's usually because, mm-hmm. like, I'm not connecting. It doesn't have to be a partner, but not connecting with other people. How would someone know and, like, how would they counteract, I guess, those
2: feelings once they sort of
0: step into, okay, I feel really lonely?
2: So support networks are the most important part of, I don't want to even say eradicating loneliness because it, it comes and goes. But having people you feel really safe and secure with, and that might be a work colleague, that might be your next door neighbor, that might be your mom. It's not necessary that we fill the void of loneliness with a romantic partner because there are so many dynamics in our lives that actually can fill that space. When you feel heard, when you feel understood, when you feel valued and important by anybody, Mm. that can really take away from that feeling of loneliness connectedness and belonging is such an innate requirement for us as human beings and so if we isolate ourselves and we we withdraw from social contact that's when that isolation happens and i've said quite a few times that you know if you think about the most heinous crimes and the most you know the worst criminals in the world they put them in solitary confinement Mm. they cut them off from social contact from light from sound so on and so forth, and they literally just leave them with their thoughts, mm. and that in itself can send a human crazy. Bad. Yeah, right? totally.
0: Like I've seen <laughs> this on TV; it's like torture.
2: Right. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it, nothing's even happening. They just yeah. put a put a human being in a room with own. no light, no sound, and no connection. No and they just yeah. let their mind run. Yeah, and we've seen the impact of that. And so, if we take that obviously down a few notches, mm. and think about us not connecting to anybody, and when when we're feeling really like depleted mm. or or down and just flat, we're like, oh, I really don't have the energy to connect to anyone. That's actually making it worse mm. because innately we require that.
0: Yeah. This has been such a great chat. (laughs) I really love talking about this topic and really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you
2: so much. I really appreciate it.
0: So what did you think? Linda,
1: Yes, Nancy's right about compromise. I took that out of all of that. When you go into a relationship, you have to think of it like a business relationship, which I (laughs) entered into both with Rob, business and personal, and somehow we made it work. Although there's a little bit of disparity now because after the last two years, Rob is back to powering along and I want to stop working at the same pace. And every time I bring it up, he says, don't burden me with that now. So I'm going to have to write it all down what I want for the last 20-ish years of my life, mm-hmm. hopefully more than that. He can replace me with a new desk partner and I will flip in and out as I please. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I don't
0: know why you're still working at the pay- that you're both working at you guys work double what I work like I'm taking (laughs) life easy
1: I know well that's what I want to do I want to take a life's for
0: living life's for living I've never understood I mean I have because I used to do it but now I don't understand and I think it's fine to be really invested in your job and your career but for me yeah like life is for living and some people I went on a date with this guy and he was working 60 hours a week Mm. as a lawyer in Mm. front of a laptop and I was like I honestly couldn't understand like he was up until two in the morning three in the morning and I just thought did you ask him if he
1: enjoyed it no he just had to
0: did not enjoy it, did not. He was at like a top tier law firm, didn't enjoy it. And I just was like, you are like wasting the best years of your life sitting in front of a desk miserable. Like, I just don't understand.
1: That's right. And people are so invested in um, business owners into making their offices beautiful. I think to keep staff happy and keep staff at work. I mean, it's quite incredible how much is on offer.
0: I've been looking at co-working spaces all around the world. And I think that Moving forward, if I'm going to work in an office, it needs to be like by the beach.
1: Oh. Sounds
0: good. There are like three co-working spaces in Thailand that I've been looking at and they all look out onto the beach and you can like sit at Mm. your laptop overlooking the beach or you can like move inside where it's air conditioned. There's got to be a better way for me.
1: That sounds amazing.
0: Ruby came into my apartment the other day and we were like sitting on my balcony in between like having a work break and we were just looking out at the train. You know how we like look out at the train? Yes, and she was like, yes. well, this is depressing. And I was like, I know, this is so depressing. <laughs>
1: oh, I love the view of the train. <laughs>
0: are you, you you need to. I do.
1: That's really sad. <laughs> I need to get out more.
0: <laughs> Your office doesn't even have any windows.
1: That's the worst. The worst. I know, I agree. It's terrible. Things have to change. And things are so hectic and we get so tired at night that you end up not being able to do much. But last night we went to a concert and we were kindly given tickets to something called—I didn't even know what it was—the Good Times Tour 2021. Mm-hmm. And we jumped on a bus on Punt Road. I reckon that's my first bus ride since school down to the Palais Theatre. You took a—you took a bus. I took a bus. And for those that don't know, the Palais—that's. In Melbourne by the beach.
0: I also don't understand at your age, working as hard as
1: you do, why the hell would you <laughs> just take an Uber? i tell you why, because at the moment the rates are surging and on Saturday night we were in Elwood also by the beach. The trip home cost $47, seriously, $47 to get home, normally $15. Okay. Am I mad? $2.20 um, on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just feel like you guys have worked hard your whole lives, still working hard and... And you're taking you taking the bus.
1: Can I say though, the bus is less stressful. Someone else driving. (laughs) Okay. I I actually really enjoyed it. Anyway, when we got there, (laughs) it was a complete sea of seniors. We still didn't know what we were seeing, including us. And then I saw a sign, and it actually said Apia Good Times Tour. And you you may or may not know what Apia is. is. I asked Rob what APIA was and he said it stands for Australian Pensioners Insurance Agency and I thought, oh, my Lord, I'm not only at a seniors gig, it's a pensioners gig. So anyway, we sat amongst the Grey Army all rocking on to old hits from old rockers. Yeah, But I think the organisers made a mistake thinking that all seniors are hard of hearing. Ah. You know I have perfect Ah. hearing and I have to have complete silence at night because I can hear a pin drop. Anyway, the music was so loud that I was worried it would damage my eardrums. So in interval we asked the bar manager if we could purchase earplugs and (laughs) how senior is that? He kindly (laughs) got us a pair of earplugs and we happily rocked on. Admittedly, it was muffled to the last set, so that was a bit of fun. Mm, that sounds pretty sad. I don't know and that that sounds... And then we waited 20 minutes to get the bus back. Then- <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's what we've become.
0: I mean, whatever makes you
1: happy. I'm happy if you're happy. But actually, it was really good. I'm making it sound silly, but it was great.
0: Well... <sighs> That is (laughs) it from us this week. We'll see you in a fortnight. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything.